You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey, everybody, this is Lance Lawson, guest hosting the Clear Creek Resources Podcast this week. I sat down with David and Emily Lance, who are members of Clear Creek, to talk about how our faith intersects our work and what it looks like to live as Christians in the marketplace. Uh, David and Emily, thanks for being here today. So let's jump right in. Uh, Tell me about what you guys do for work. Okay, I'm going to go first. Um, I am an assistant professor at the University of Texas Medical Branch down in Galveston in the Department of Nutrition, Metabolism, and Rehabilitation Science. It's a huge mouthful. Yeah, so like make that... Simple to understand. So sure. So um, as a professor, what I do, I have two main components to my job. I do research and I do um, teaching. And so um, my research, I'm interested in aging. As we age, we lose muscle. So I'm looking at ways we can prevent that. Um, so I write grants and get money and do research projects to look at that. And then I write up my results and people hopefully read those. Right. Uh, and then for teaching, um, I teach students, um, specifically dietetic students, so future dietitians about how our body processes the food that we eat. So that's got it. And so these are medical school students. They are nursing. They are dietitians. So a dietitian is someone who's an expert in um, food and nutrition. And those are the people that you should be listening to. Got it. So. All right. I feel already not very qualified to finish this conversation. (laughs) David, what about you? Sure. I'm a group lead over at NASA's Johnson Space Center, and I lead a team of people that do planning for future missions, so Boeing's Starliner spacecraft, Mm -hmm. uh, and then all things Artemis. So Artemis is our missions that are going to be going back to the moon and putting the first woman and next man on the surface. Uh, And so I I lead those that team of steely-eyed missile men and women. That's pretty well fun. Played. They get to uh, they get to sit in the control center and do the fun stuff, and I get to be the the middle middle management above them, right. if you will. And then I've also got a few side hustles in my quote unquote not spare time. Uh, I'm the CIO and founding member of True Anomaly Brewing Company up in town, and then uh, in that sliver of time I have left over, I do some real estate investing, single family home rentals, and fix and flips. Got it. So you guys are busy. And to top it all off, you have a lot of children. We have a lot of children. <laughs> we got kids coming out of our ears. Yeah. How many kids and what are their ages? We have five kids. Okay. Our oldest is seven. And we have a five-year-old and almost three-year-old and then our surprise a twin one-year-old girls. All right. Yeah. So. Went for went for number four, and God has a sense of humor, so I know. Yeah. With twins. I know with twins. Yes. So, like, I, I feel like maybe it'd be better to just take a nap instead of record that a podcast. That would be preferable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, what it's like to uh, be in the marketplace, doing all the things you guys are doing, and following Jesus. So, well, I guess let's talk first though about all the busyness that you experience, how do you find a balance in your life between work and family and other work and side hustles and everything else? That's a good question. Um, I would say it just takes a lot of readjustment and just grace for yourself that some days I'm going to be a really good assistant professor and an okay mom. And then sometimes I'm going to be a really good mom and an okay assistant professor. So it's a a lot of give and take. Um, And I also look at... uh, I just look at this as um, just a, a, a good way to um, 
also, I'm sorry, I'm just losing my train of thought right now. So I'm going <laughs> to let you answer. I don't. Yeah, speaking of I, nap time. <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of nap time. It's just, it's always hard. Yeah. It is, uh, you know, we're busy from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. And so um, it takes a lot of good communication as a couple, I sure. would say, um, to figure out uh, who's picking up who, who's going to be there when, what time do you need to be home to get so-and-so where they need to go. Um, and so uh, how do we find time? It's just a lot of, like I said, adjustment and communication, and um, we don't always get it right. Right. So, yeah, I'd say it's also finding the prioritization of all those things. Mm, that's right? true. So we we talk pretty frequently about what's a priority. Obviously, family is, um, and sometimes you know there's a season where that shuffles lower in the priority list, whether we want it to or not. Um, that's that's a really difficult thing to navigate. As Emily mentioned, communication is key, and we're not always perfect at it. Um, but it's it's almost a daily conversation. Um, you know, also been fortunate to uh, in some of my side hustle businesses to be partnered with some business partners who help carry that torch. Yeah. You know, during seasons where I'm not available. Um, but for the most part, we have quite a bit of flexibility. We know, for the most part now, what my, each other's schedules are, et cetera. And so, yeah, it's prioritizing and then finding time. We also have some ground rules for, you know, getting home on time, protecting time. So what does that look like? Yeah. Well, uh, like, what, are, what are some of those ground rules? Our daycare closes at 530. And he's That's a pretty good one. <laughs> they, they, they incur yeah. a fine if I don't right. show up on time. So yeah. we've got a monetary incentive to make sure the kids are picked up. No, right. But, um, yeah, so we, you know... Four kids, four kids in daycare. Um, fortunate, we're fortunate to be able to to um, have them there, and we've got some outstanding staff that are loving and, and, and helping our kids grow. Um, but we pick them up, you know, in the evenings, get home, uh, work hard to attempt to have dinner together as a family. Although sometimes I'm off uh, putting out some small fires when I get home. Um, you know, spend what time we can in the evenings before getting them down at a consistent time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, consistency with young kids is really important. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, but. Uh, you know that's that's our that's our daily schedule, and really what Emily said earlier, we're really just going from <laughs> early in the morning till late at night. So, you you find those times that you try to protect to still be together in a family, and then also really um, not spend that time thinking about work or the things mm -hmm. you know the responsibilities that you have during yeah. the day. Yeah, and we really try to protect our evenings as family time. So that means we said no to a lot of things in the season. Yeah. So just, what, are, what are the markers that get you guys there to the place where you're evaluating? We've got to say no to this. A lot of it is what time is it? What's the um, cost? You know, for us, we don't have any family down here, so we don't have backup childcare. If we are late picking someone up, you know, I work in Galveston, he works in Clear Lake, so we're geographically all over the place as right. well. And so a lot of it comes down to we have a pretty set routine. Um, and we just really have to be careful and evaluate. You know, we try to stay in small group. Um, and there are seasons where we've had to step away, but that's an important thing to us. Um, but as far as like our kids and a lot of activities after school or sports, it's just been between COVID and then having a lot of small kids, that's just not something we've been able to do right now. And well, I'm hoping in the next couple of years for that to be able to pick up so our kids can be able to do that. But we just have physically cannot be everywhere all at right. once. Yeah. So we've so. had to say no to a lot of, you know, extracurriculars for the kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I would have loved for our oldest Oliver to be more plugged in with say a uh, little league or, or some, some baseball events um, that hasn't panned out or some soccer. Um, Primarily because also on the weekends we're spending that time together as family, mm -hmm. or yeah. you know working on our never-ending house project list. So, <laughs> right. So um, you know we try to protect that time so that we're not also just flinging the kids all over the place as well. There's enough, 
you know, draws for our attention. We want to make sure that they get that time as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. And as far as like what David said is when we get home from about six until the kids are in bed, it's really family time. We put away our laptops. We sometimes turn off our phones (laughs) and um, really try and focus our time as a family. And then, you know, if we have things we need to pick up after they go to bed um, from work, we can, you know, do that. And then occasionally we'll try and spend time together as a couple, but that is hard to do right now. Yeah. All right. And you guys have been around Clear Creek Community Church for how long? 2012. So 10 years. Uh, July 2012. 10 years. And Mm -hmm. you guys have been involved in... A lot of different ministry areas over the years? We have. We have. Um, we started out, I guess we've always been on the First Impressions team. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so we started going to the Clear Lake campus oh. right after we got, we got married in June of 2012. I dragged her down to Texas. She just graduated from Purdue and uh, dragged her down here. We were hunting for an Acts 29 church, saw the Clear Lake campus right in our backyard. Right. Walked in and right on day one, Richard and Lily Sarpong, who are, were on the First Impressions team uh, at that time, Said, hey, you need to start volunteering. We we like you. And the <laughs> and next you're week, you're going to be we in were, our small yeah, group right. too. Yeah, so <laughs> perfect. Bing right into it. Yeah. So yeah, we've and then a couple of years later, we became navigators. Um, so we've done that. So first impressions, uh, navigators. Uh, we we're on the um, the group link team uh, yeah. f- yep. for a long season. We've done uh, mission trips um, uh, down to the island. Um, yeah, we've kind of so been... you guys have been around church a long time, but then also followers of Jesus as mm-hmm. you've gotten into your careers, right? Correct. So, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, it can be a challenge to connect what happens on Sunday or Wednesday at church and in small group to your Monday through Friday, nine to five, or, not, you know, shift work or wh- how, whatever your work schedule is. The, the question I'm asking is, uh, how do you connect what happens in your faith life mm-hmm. and with your church to what's going on in your work life. You can go first. All right. <laughs> uh, I'd say for me, it, it's it's very easy to kind of silo or compartmentalize yeah. things just in general. Right. I have to have you know to be very focused on certain things throughout the day, both for my work at NASA and then when I'm shifting focus to things with the brewery or when a real estate fire crops up. Right. Um, you have to compartmentalize those things quite a bit. And I've found myself, especially in the past, compartmentalizing my faith and you know conversations about my faith to those Sundays or Wednesdays right. or, or when I'm engaged in small group, right? Um, so it's really easy for me to slip into that because that's how I kind of have to c- keep my brain organized right. throughout, throughout the work week. Um, but I've about six years ago, and I forget who I was – talking to, um, I think it was at a Navigator retreat, we were talking about this exact subject, just how everything's being balanced and how you still make time to prepare at the beginning of your day to use work as a form of worship, right? And see how your skills that God's gifted you, you know, the the talents, the capabilities, your passions, etc., how he's gifted you those, right, to then go do the job and the work that, that you're doing, you know, don't lose sight of that and then mm-hmm. also let that play out. Um, so I've started wearing my faith on my sleeve more frequently, right? I started actually... What does that look like at NASA? Yeah. So so at NASA, um, we've got, you know, highly competitive, highly competent, just amazing, you know, amazingly motivated uh, team members that are hyper focused on ensuring that we have humans safely flying in space. Right. right? So I'm um, I'm working along some of the the best of the best um, in the entire world in, in this industry, and it's that's that's a humbling experience, right? Um, and so 
um, I've found that direct approach <laughs> with folks when when things come up. So, um, you know, life events happen with team members. Uh, they're struggling with something or they're going through a season of loss or maybe a season of, um, you know, uh, a season of joy, right? I just engage with them and ask, ask them, hey, can I pray for you? I mean, right. I, I've literally asked team members... How, how can I pray for you, or would you mind praying with me? Um, HR hasn't come knocking on my door yet <laughs> when I asked when I asked them yeah. that, and I found a lot of my team members are very receptive to that. Some are a little bit more standoffish, so I just make sure that they still feel a presence and know that I'm there to support them, albeit maybe not with faith or you know um, God or Christ directly attached to any conversation. But um, I found that wearing wearing my faith on the sleeve means having more direct and very transparent conversations about what my faith is and how I see God in the situation that I'm navigating with my team. And are there other uh, other Christians that you work with at NASA in, in the group that you work with, or do you feel like it's just you? I, I've got a, actually, I'm fairly blessed. I've got a pretty healthy mixture of folks who are uh, very much faith-based, very much, you know, Christians. And then I have those who are... Sure. <laughs> All the way to atheists, and we'll argue with you yeah. <laughs> quite a bit about the the merits of of, of anything faith related. Uh, I've been very fortunate in my career to actually have direct management bosses above me um, who are willing to you know talk about what faith looks like and how we navigate either employee issues or technical issues or how we're showing up at work and how God's reflected in that. So um, I've had I've had a mixture of of everything. Um, and I've got I've gotten good support and having those conversations. And then how does that look for you at the brewery? Because I would imagine maybe a little different. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the brewery is a bit different. Um, I've got a group of three other friends uh, that I founded that with. We've been brewing together for gosh, we started in two thousand eight, I think. Um, one dumb idea led to another, and we opened the brewery. But those guys, um, you know, using the creek speak, they they've been in my top five for a long time. Um, they don't have an active uh, you know, faith. They're, they're not Christians. Uh, so navigating that is, yes, a bit different than, than, than being at, at NASA, the, the normal nine to five. Um, and, and I lean on those relationships with them to, um, uh, to have that conversation and I pray for them and they know that. That's awesome. Um, you know, I talk regularly about that, especially when they're going through seasons of change. Uh, several of them, uh, a couple of them just got married, you know, um, uh, one's expecting, uh, you know, their first kid. Yeah, those are big milestone moments in a person's life. Yes, and yeah. so that opens the door for additional conversations and, and really being intentional about uh, what that looks like. And then flip the complete opposite direction. I know in your real estate stuff, it's a very different environment. It is, yeah. Uh, so I'm partnered with actually another member at Clear Creek Community Church, and uh, he and I, as part of our core values and vision for that company, uh, our partnership together, you know, Christianity is at the center of that. We have Christ-centered values that guide all that we do. Um, real estate itself uh, can have a lot of shading, shady dealings with it, and there are those that we directly conduct business with that may not have the same ethics and definitely not the same faith yeah. that we do. Um, and so we make sure that we have clear guidelines for not only our contract employees that we bring on, but also for the clients uh, that we interface with. They know, they know where we stand, they know why we're doing things, um, and they know that we're a faith-based business. That's bold and in front on, yeah. on our website. So, so it's like a... A wild mix of it is uh, of everything when it comes to faith and work it intersecting. Is. Yeah, it so. is, and I try not to. I try not to compartmentalize those. Going back right. to what I was saying earlier, right? I talk with people in those different business areas about how how those what those things look like, how they show up, and um, uh, how I see similar you know similar things playing out for for the different business. Yeah, 
Emily, what about you? I can imagine the medical and education environment is... Is not especially friendly. Yeah. Um, and so I have not had the same sort of open conversations that David has. So I try to take a slightly different approach in just the way that I treat people. Um, academics tends to be very competitive, very me-centered because it... Uh, when you get into a really competitive environment, it's all about making yourself look better and a lot of people stepping on other people to try and, you know, uh, compete for dollars, compete for, um, for uh, just to get ahead. Yeah. And so um, I try to be very, I act with a lot of integrity to show Christ's compassion and love to people in just really practical ways in the students that I mentor to um, my other colleagues in the department. Um, we went, you know, I know several of them are going through some really difficult um, personal times right now. And so just um, being available to talk and um, trying to think of ways that I can serve them and slowly talk about faith with them. I know both of them are somewhat closed off to it. And so um, just trying to... It's hard because I, I don't want to say that I'm hiding my faith because I'm definitely not, but I just have to be careful in how I talk about it. And I also have to be careful because sometimes you can be perceived as, oh, it's, I'm, for lack of better terms, um, sometimes religion and intelligence are inversely associated. Right. And so, uh, and in the field I work in, people's perception of your intelligence impacts, um, can impact quite a bit. And so, um, I try. I don't want to down, like I said, I don't want to downplay or hide my faith, but also talk about it in a very um, intelligent way and in a way that meets people where they're at. And so um, I think, you know, our church did a great series on science and faith and how they're not at odds with each other. Um, and so that was a really useful tool for me to think about how can I talk with my colleagues more about this. And, um, you know, at work we went through a, I had a mentor for nine years um, who was my boss. He was a great friend, and he passed away about a year ago, and that was devastating personally and even for my career was kind of took – not that it took a hit, but it just – I lost someone who I interacted with on a regular basis. We did science together. We had a lot of fun together. We really pushed each other, and I lost that. And so um, having my faith really got me through a really hard time at work, knowing that God was still in control and that he – um, saw the the loss and that he just really ministered to me in ways I didn't expect through that. And so, um, and, I, and I hope that people that I work with saw that um, God sustained me through yeah. that. So. so, thinking about this conversation we were going to have today and uh, being a follower of Jesus and being in the workplace. I've worked at Clear Creek now for 11 years, but before that, I, I mean, I stepped out of a career in the construction industry. And so, uh, w though it's been some time, I have I've lived that and compartmentalization was the thing that was in my mind. Like, it's so easy for us to know, oh, in this environment, I act and behave this way. And in this environment, I act and behave this way. And I have different priorities over here. And that, that's just natural for us. Mm -hmm. So how have you, one of the hopes of this series that we're doing at Clear Creek about work and the way it brings glory to God and good for the world mm -hmm. is how have you guys learned to uh, follow Jesus in a way that influences your work or bleeds into work in the right ways? Because it's like, like you've already mentioned, it's different in different environments. So how, how do you follow Jesus in a way 
that motivates you to take him into your workplace? I would say for me, because I'm in the scientific arena, I see the glory of God's creation in what I study. Sure. Just the elegance, the... Um, the beauty of the human body and how it's ordered speaks to a creator. And so that is one way that I can see Christ every day in my work. Um, and also, um, I think that it for me, I, I love being able to turn to my identity is in Christ and it's not in what I do. Because if I get so wrapped up in my identity being my um my work and my um, that's where I draw all my value from, then it creates, I already work in a very anxious environment where, you know, there's always, um, you want to be perceived a certain way and you want your um, research to turn out a certain way and you want your students to like you. And so if I can step away from that and say, you know, I want to do a good job. I work to glorify God. I don't work to glorify man or to glorify myself. Then when things happen, um, you can rest on the fact that when you screw up, <laughs> when something doesn't go the way that you want it to, when you don't get the promotion or the recognition or the award that you really wanted, that that's not what gives you value. Yeah. Um, it's really our identity in Christ. Let's talk about that, though, for a minute, because, I mean, we've all, as adults, met new people, whether it's at a party or what, wherever you are, and what's the question everyone asks when like, what, what do you do? What do you what do? do? You do? Yeah. Because that's one of the most identifying markers for us as people. So, um, David, what, what would you say to finding your identity in Christ more than just your work? Yeah, well, I really, what Emily was already saying resonates with me quite a bit as well. It's It's been very easy for me to wrap my worth around performance yeah. in my job or business conducted with some of the entrepreneurial stuff I'm doing or the accolades and recognition that comes along with that, right? Um, some of those items are very much public facing. And so it's easy to draw worth or a sense of accomplishment, you know, and just lean heavily on that based on stuff you accomplish at work. But what Emily was, was saying about, you know, the worth that you should and that I've <laughs> become much better at drawing drawing from is, hey, I am worshiping God in in every day, right? How I perform, um, what I'm doing should be a direct reflection of the gifts and talents that he's given me. And taking time to pause and recognize that is something that I've gotten a lot better at. And, and I do that almost on a daily basis now, right? Step into the office, kind of get into the mindset and go, okay, right, let's... Con- you know, conduct myself as Christ would, right? The secular side of, of NASA um, has what we call, uh, you know, servant leadership, right? Um, and that's something that I, I I include on my on my resume, right? If I'm applying for something yeah. like I'm a big I'm a big believer, if you will, in servant leadership. And there, I don't think there's a better example of servant leadership than than Christ, right? And so I don't draw from the secular side's definition of what servant leadership is. Uh, I, I do that on how Christ showed up and how he led um, led those to believe in him and believe in, in God the Father, right? And so if I can take from Christ um, those, same, those same lessons and uh, show up every day and serve my team, walk with my team members as they're solving technical problems or as they're, um, you know, getting ready for a mission, 
right? Or as we're having uh, an argument over how best to do something, or I'm getting ready to you know support a meeting to report about another meeting, right? How do I show up? How do I serve others uh, in that season? And how can I let Christ shine through in, in my attitude, my approach, and, and the words that I say? Um, so really, f- for me, um, it's about it's about checking in on myself on a daily basis to make sure that that's what's showing up and not personal desires or you know um, selfish reasons why why I'm doing what I'm doing or um, or or when I'm having conversations like this one with people about why I'm doing what I'm doing right. talking talking intentionally about hey you know I've, I've been extremely blessed to have a background in education and talent and I'm fortunate enough to have been hired on in this area and to be leading this team of people. Right, I'm going to do my best to make sure that that brings glory to God and, and points directly back to who Christ is in my life. Has there ever been a time when you didn't do some of these things well? Yes. I mean, uh, right. All, <laughs> That's maybe all, a silly question. Yeah. Obviously, yes, there's been a time. But like, uh, how, do you, how do you come back from that? How do you recover? How do you reset yourself? I'd say there's been a couple of seasons where I've, um, I've applied for a promotion or... Um, I've really wanted to be assigned to something or be seen as a leader on something. Um, and for whatever reason, I just keep failing at it or, you know, I'm not living up to my standards or I'm not meeting someone else's yeah. expectations. Right. Um, those seasons are especially hard because I tend to turn more internally or even look externally to, you know, things beyond my control that I, you know, if I could only make these right, then I, it, it would help me get this or, or do that or be seen as this, right? Have this more positive perception of me. Um, and really, what's uh, kind of struck me is it's God's timing in these things, right? Yeah. And it's God's decision. Um, ultimately, it's, it's his authority on whether or not I'm receiving a promotion, right? And there are things well beyond my understanding, probably still remain beyond my understanding on why things turn out the way that they do. Right, um, it's that's a hard thing to trust in, right? And actually, uh, rest in what happens. Um, we talk about resting, in, you know, in God's grace yeah. and in resting in our faith. That's really hard to do, especially in a highly competitive work environment, in a highly competitive business environment. Um, you want to you want to achieve, you want to accomplish, you want to be successful, you want to be perceived as successful, mm-hmm. you want to be recognized for those things. You have you have to rest and you have to actually rest in God's plan and not yours. Um, because ultimately we're called we're called to do that across our entire life and work is no exception to that. Right. Um, and there may be a season where you are a, quote unquote accomplishing things or being quote unquote recognized for things. But ultimately glory should be given back to God for those things and not to yourself or not to ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well so said. what's interesting to me, what I'm thinking about as you're saying that is uh, there are absolutely work environments where the competitive nature of what you're doing and you and the need to promote yourself and work really hard to be seen all that is is part of it but that's not the only broken part of the way we interact with our work uh, I would say working here at Clear Creek Community Church it's not that at all like we work as a team it's really great but there is still something broken in our hearts like in my heart where you want to do a good job you want to stand up and preach and do well but then there's something that can happen in your heart when you get off the stage and you're like, man, that was awesome. And somehow that's about me instead of about what God has done. And so I, I think that that's evidence of 
what can happen in every person's heart, right? Whether it's church work or NASA or medical or anything else is like uh, your own heart is seeking glory. So how do you, how do you push against and fight against that? I'm asking. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm nodding. Let like, us know. Yeah, that's hard. Let me yeah. know when you find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think he's right. It is really hard to push against that. I work in the same sort of environment. You, you, you are rec- when you're recognized, it gets you more things. It yeah. gets you more. It gets you further along in your career. And I would say I've also had to combat even just being a mom. Uh, working, uh, having a lot of kids. I don't even talk about my kids at work sometimes. Well. I do more. I work in a a department that everyone has small children right now, so that makes it helpful. But there's times where I just don't, I don't talk about my kids because it changes people's perception of me. But that's also a huge part. And God created me to be a mom to them as well and their gifts. And so um, I trying to balance all of that um, because sometimes our work becomes part, uh, becomes this image. uh, what's the right management? You want to be seen a certain way at work so that you keep going up the ladder, keep getting the promotions. And so, but I really want to people. What I really want is for people to look at me and see Christ's glory, right. you know, magnified in my life. Uh, and how to do that in the work environment is something that I I'm still working on. So yeah, and I, I think you know, as, as Christians. When you find yourself saying something, acting a certain way, especially in, in like a high pressure situation, um, or reacting in a certain way, even if it's internal, it, it's it's hard to check down on yourself. Um, it, it's hard to pause in that moment and think about, okay, how is Christ showing up through my actions, thoughts, right. words, and deeds right now? Yeah. Right? Because, okay, God changed my heart because I'm having a really hard time doing it myself right now. Um, it's hard to do that. Uh, I think time spent intentionally in prayer each day, um, time reminding yourself throughout the workday to really pause and think about that, actively pause and think about that are the things that have helped me succeed the most, where actually kind of hit the pause button from all the distraction and the stress and the deadlines and the conflicting priorities that we talked about earlier and stop and and pray for a moment, stop and listen. we did a prayer ser- series a while back, and we talked about you know intentionally removing distractions and, mm-hmm. and focusing on on prayer and your know, conversation with God. It's hard to do that in the workplace, but I think it's really really important, especially in a high pressure environment, to do that because it it causes you to realize, okay, I'm not I'm not showing Christ's love in this interaction right now, or yeah. man, mm-hmm. I could have handled that better yesterday, and it's been eaten at me. Why? Well, it's because I'm I'm not letting my Christ identity shine through me there. I'm letting the selfish David yeah. David identity and desire shine through there. So, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, what you were saying just triggered a thought that um, I think one thing that we can do to really live out our faith in, in these sort of high pressure competitive environments is to to act it, uh, with humility. Um, because, uh, and, and not just in a uh, shucks kind of way, but it truly... Uh, um, showing uh, humility in word and deed and thinking of others before yourself. Um, because in a situation where it's all about me and how can I get ahead, when you can think about others and they're good, I think that causes people to stop and, and notice what you're doing. Yeah. So has there been a time when maybe you blew it at work because you got too angry about something or you acted in a way where you know, like, this is not Christ-like and you, you had to circle back to someone or to a circumstance because you have faith in Jesus and you're being molded into his image and all of that, like how did that show up in a real situation at work? 
Yeah, so I've done that a few times with team members where we've been having a conversation and we're both frustrated about something. Maybe not even directly with one another. Like, I'm not frustrated with a team member, but we're frustrated about a situation or something that happened, right? And so you get into a bit of a cycle of like, yeah, that stinks, right? right? You know, like, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. <clears throat> so I've, I've, I've often, <laughs> when, we, when we get into that cycle, either fortunately been able to po- hit the pause button mid- mid-conversation, <laughs> say, all right, we both care about this. Let's, let's name and claim what we're feeling right now. Right, but reality is, I think we can help the situation, or we can help this individual, or we can help move forward if we take this different tact. And I think it's because um, both of us are are so wrapped up in how you know we're emotionally responding to this right now, we're not taking time to think about rational response to it, or taking the more humble humble approach to seeing things from maybe that person or that situation's perspective, and and trying trying to pause and, and think about that. So. It may not always be a direct faith conversation in that moment, right? right? I might not use specific faith-based language, right? But it is kind of a all right. But your your faith the, changes your behavior. There is no fruit of the spirit right. in this conversation <laughs> yeah. right now, right? There's no there's no Holy Spirit speaking through me. Let's pause. Let me see, you know, actually yep. stop and listen to what what is being spoken to me, and then allow that to play out, whether it be in a more professional conversation, right? Um, or, or whatever it may be. So yeah, I, I think um, very frequently that that happens. Or or circle back to it like the next day. Hey, you know we both both interacted this way. I want you to understand that I I care about these things. I care about this part of the situation. I care about you. If it happens to be a yeah. um, more contentious conversation, get on the same page. Because really, again, going back to the relationship conversations that I that I've had at work, right, and faith based conversations I have at work. When when people see you being willing to pause and stop. And approach something differently, or be more humble, uh, like genuinely humble about things. They do pay attention, and they they do gain greater trust in what you believe and why you believe it. And they gain greater trust in wanting to listen to you and have a conversation about that. I wouldn't say I have as intense of conversations as you do at work. Uh, we're a little more laid back at UTMB, but um, I think what I have found. And I'm not sure if this quite answers your question, um, but I found that when I show genuine care for other people and st- spending some time to sit down and talk about, okay, here's a problem that you're facing. Um, you know, I can't fix it for you, but I can help you figure out some steps and I can connect you with the right people um, and and make some suggestions for how you can turn around this situation Um leaves an impression on people yeah so cool so it's like a blend of a moment of discipleship and shaping and then also maybe some repentance that yeah you're you're trying to turn a different direction here yeah that's cool has there ever been a time where you were surprised to have a god moment at work like you weren't expecting that and then man whether it was a conversation or a situation I didn't tell you this one in advance, no, so okay. you weren't prepared great, for that. And that's a great question. Why well, you think? I'll, I, I just you got one. Yeah, yeah. I, I had um, when you have uh, a team underneath you, employees go through various you know life events, yeah, etc. Um, uh, in the past, had some team members who are uh, battling cancer, right, um, or had a death in the family. Um, you can tell once you know something's not right, or that um, you know they're trying to 
be professional and be seen as professional, but really their mind, their heart, their emotions are elsewhere. Um, and <clears throat> ne- never really in a group setting because you never want to embarrass someone, <laughs> you know, in any way. But on the definitely on the side, approached those folks and had some amazing just prayers, you know, um, with them, talking with them about their struggles, um, you know, building upon that relationship that that open open trust and communication that's already there uh, to let them know that it's okay to talk about life. It's okay to talk. You know, management speak, work-life balance, right? right. Um, and let them know that it's okay to protect, you know, things that are really ultimately way more important than what we're doing nine to five, if you will, right? Um, family and, 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 and relationships that they have there. And so there have been, I'm not talking about specifics, but there are specific moments, right, where there have been some just incredible conversations, I think, that were, that were, um, that I've had that were a direct result of, God putting me there, allowing me to be present and allowing my, his previous encouragement to me to be open about what I believe, right. To, to play out so that 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 employee felt loved. They felt, you know, cared for that, that peer felt listened to, right. Um, that, that the stress, um, and the, um, all the other emotions with of the situation could be talked about at work and not have to be compartmentalized or set to the side in order to accomplish our mission at work, right? Um, so there's been some make some space and have some amazing connection and um, at work that I think is a direct result of God putting me in those situations. Cool. I'm still thinking, um, but I I can tell you every once in a while I do a run across a. Um, a believer at work and it is really awesome that just to have someone that you can connect with and I found that those um, relationships are often the most encouraging because yeah. um, I have a good friend she works at a different institution now but we still keep in touch and encourage each other and then not just in a professional sort of way but also um just in our faith and that's been really fun just to have that connection and that you know when you have a a colleague and a friend who's a believer, you just connect in a way that just you don't wouldn't just do professionally. And so, to me, that's those are little God moments that keep me encouraged and keep me um, kind of grounded. Yeah, so. I remember one time pulling up and I was in my truck, pulled up to a job site, and one of the contractors uh, was standing there at the edge of the street. And so I rolled my window down to say hi to him, and I had my Bible on the passenger seat, and that's the window he walked up to, and he he like looked at my Bible, and he was like you read that? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, like, and it was one of those conversations that I'm sure many people have had. You end up in a faith conversation you totally weren't expecting. And those two parts of your life collide. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really cool to see yeah. when, when God makes that happen. Yeah. All right. So, uh, last question, uh, when has your faith helped you through a difficult time at work? I know you already talked about losing a colleague, mm-hmm. uh, but anything else come to mind? How, how having faith in Jesus and uh, hope for God in the world has helped you through whatever you've been through at work? I mean, I, I just think back to, there's stressful seasons at work, um, <clears throat> the, Na- the NASA job where you're, you're unsure of how you're going to get all the tasks accomplished <laughs> in the day. Or just, you know, if, if I mentioned earlier, if you're feeling like you're really not you're not a- accomplishing what you want to accomplish, and you're, you're kind of failing at, at some things or not meeting deadlines. Um, there's been some recent seasons uh, in, in the past uh, five years where I've just I've felt a bit lost, um, either in what direction I wanted to go or 
um, a promotion opportunity that I had, you know, strong desire for, and then ultimately not getting it, um, or just, you know, a big project I was supposed to be leading, and it was it, it was struggling, and I was struggling, right? Yeah. And so there's the, the, there's those moments where it's really hard not to carry that home, not to carry that stress home to the family. Emily's giving me a look right now. <laughs> um, you know, not carry that home, not let that show up and how I'm just talking with my kids, um, how I'm thinking and focusing on other things, right? Um, and so in those moments, it's been very helpful <laughs> to, again, pause and reflect, um, not to compartmentalize, but to really just kind of openly lay that at the, f- the feet of Christ and say, I need, I need help. Yeah. Right. I need your help. I need. I need to actually rest in you versus trying to just keep doing what I'm doing, which is control something that I actually have no control over. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that, those are. I'm thinking of some specific examples. Just uh, the last five years where I had I had to do that, and 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 I had to take it to him, and I had to actually trust that this was part of God's plan. And even though in that moment I. I couldn't see it, that it really was part of it. Um, with the brewery, uh, two years ago when COVID started, um, you know, uh, myself and the other, the other founders sat down at a table on that Monday when uh, Texas was closing everything down, Yeah. right? There, there was not really a smile around that table, right? And we're all feeling Yeah, because you guys were young. Yes. Just getting going. Yes. Yeah, and we're- Downtown we're a, was shutting down. Yeah, we're, we're a year into a riding yeah. this high wave of, you know- um, a lot of fun, uh, you know, business doing well by, by most measures. And we are way out of position from a business standpoint um, when your doors are shut and that's your, your source of revenue, right? Um, so I remember coming home that night and just not even wanting to talk about it to Emily, just kind of sitting there and being like, yep, we talked. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and I don't have a forward path. And it, it was one of those keep you up at night moments where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but we are. Um, something's going to happen. I just need to trust that whatever that something is, you know, it's God's plan uh, for this business, for everything that we had hoped for there, yeah. right? Um, you know, it's still open and operating, so God's plans obviously were, were to keep it going through that season. Um, we did, we did, we had some really hard conversations in that. For, fortunately for us, we all worked really well together, and I think that was because of some, just some intentional pausing and letting God's resting in God's. Um, Grace and asking him for wisdom in that in that time frame, not relying on our our my own devices yeah. to, to help that. So, um, so that was a little bit of a long winded response to your question, but I mean, ultimately, th- there's very frequently seasons that come up where I have to stop and lean on God um, and trust in Him and rest in Him um, throughout my workday, so that it doesn't spill over into relationships at home or. Um, really me being able to use those skills and gifts that he's given me. Yeah. Oh, I talked about losing um, my boss, but also layered on top of that is um, he passed away six days after the girls were born, um, our twins. And so it was a really hard season going back to work after being on maternity leave Mm -hmm. with a difficult pregnancy, taking care of, you know, newborn twins. And then I went back to work when they were three months old. And so, um, but God really sustained me through that season. He provided, um, you know, family that were able to come help take care of us. It just met my physical needs. Um, going back to work was really hard because of various circumstances. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty about what was going to happen. Um, 
But I knew that I could, like you said, I could rest in God's sovereignty in this situation. I didn't know what it was going to be, and there was a lot of anxiety tied to that, um, a lot of not sleeping well because of that anxiety and having, you know, twins. But <laughs> uh, in the midst of that, I knew that, um, yeah, I could trust him and that he wants what's best for me, even when I don't know what's best for myself in a work situation. Because, um, you know, I want to be in control. I had, you know... When I left grad school, I had this plan of uh, how my life was going to go, where I was going to go for my postdoc, what I was going to be doing. And I can tell you, you know, 10 years later, this is, you know, living in Texas with five kids was not part of my plan. But, um, <laughs> but um, it's the best thing for me because it's what God had planned for my life. And so when things are delayed, I feel like a lot of things in my life have been delayed or, or I've just gone in a completely different direction because I want to be in control. But when it comes to my career and my work and my faith, they're all really tied together. I don't see them as separate because, um, you know, we, we live our faith day in and day out. And so it is part of work and, you know, work was created by God. And so I can find joy in what I'm doing because I'm working for him. You know, if I'm trying to please my boss or myself, even just myself, I'm not going to please, I, you know, I'm going to walk away at the end of the day saying, oh, I, you know, didn't get to these five things. But if I can say, okay, today I'm working for God and I want him and his grace and his sovereignty and, and his love to be shown in my life, then you can walk away from your workday saying, okay, did I can I do that or did I do that and um, just rest in that he has um, you in the palm of his hand and that you if you're loved by him that is ultimately you are loved by him and that's what gives your life value and that's yep. what I tell my kids all the time because it's more I'm preaching them to preach to myself so yeah well, thanks for taking some time out of your busy crazy lives to uh, at least give Everyone that's listening and watching a glimpse of what it looks like to try and figure out how to bring glory to God in the midst of work and not just find your identity there, but in Him. And when you're making mistakes and turning away from it, man, it's just, it's always helpful to hear someone else's experience. Uh, so thanks for doing that. Thank great, you, thank Lance. You yeah, thanks for having us. And great job asking us questions. <laughs> Get us on our toes. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.